0: Welcome to Up The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast through the Love Sport Podcast Network. It's a full crew tonight, Paul, Spud, Tess and Ryan. We're just going to do a bit of a random villa podcast. We've got some questions from the crew. We've got some questions from listeners as well. You can get us at Aussie Villains, Aussie with a capital A, Villains with a capital V on Twitter. We put a lot of our stuff there. We've also got an Aussie Villains podcast group as well on Facebook. So please join us as we dream on for some signings. Welcome to Up The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. Aussie Villains podcast. I'm Paul, one of the hosts. You get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter. We've got Spud. Mark is another one of our hosts. How can we get you there, mate? Um, At Spud
1: 4685.
0: Definitely worth a follow. Some very good football analysis there. And uh, Rhino, another fellow host. Uh, how can we get you there, bud? At Rhino underscore Watkins. So Rhino, you can probably tell by his voice, but Rhino is off through a trip uh, to Wales with a young bub. So good luck to the cast and crew. We won't say what airline you're flying, just in case <laughs> they try and ban you there. <laughs> but... He's getting his own fight happening in a week or so because uh, Bubba is. It's going to come at some stage. I think Bubba is just waiting till Villa do some signings.
1: <laughs> yeah, looking forward to entering another Villa fan into the world. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. We, we, you know, we are. It's, it's like anything, right? You, your passion filters to other people. I've now I've got other people saying, "Oh, I don't, you know, I don't really follow football much, but I'm what, that Aston Villa sounds okay, and I love that kind of thing." You don't even mean to drag these people into it. Babies have no choice.
1: <laughs> That's it, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: guys, we got some um, really good feedback uh, on um, – on our, well, really good questions on our Twitter link, which is at Aussie Villains. Um, so Aussie with a capital A, Villains with a capital V. So we'll go through a couple of the questions there. This episode tonight, we're actually going to post our own questions to each other with no notice, which I, I'm really – uh, excited about. Um, Tess hopefully is coming on soon. Um, our fellow host there, you can get him at Cuban Night on um, Twitter there. And you can't miss that one. As soon as you start typing that in, it comes up probably because all Cubans have been banned everywhere else. but um, <laughs> Nevertheless. So we'll, we'll go through a couple of questions uh, on there. Uh, just one that wasn't really a question uh, for the pod so much, but um, we put up earlier today, we're just over halfway through the season. Where do you think we will end up on the table at the end of the season? So we got some uh, good answers there. So at the moment, we're 28 points after 20 games. We answered that on our podcast last week. Um, we got a few answers there. And it all comes down to, at the moment, a lot of people are coming down to signing. So um, mm-hmm. the Lionheart has said here, it depends if we buy any attacking players. If we do, then I think we will climb. If we don't, I think we will struggle to hold on without Ings' goal input. Well, he scored, what, six goals? um, And that's six goals out of 23. It's a fairly good point there. Uh, Up the Villa. uh, Sixth looks achievable if the good form continues. Thank you for that feedback. Uh, Bernard Keevey. That's a good little name there. K-E-A-V-Y says eighth is feasible, probably no higher. I think a lot of people would agree with that one. Uh, Alex. Alex for life, Alex. Well... Oh, sorry, Villa for life, Alex. That's a bit harsh. Um, (laughs) He's he's sitting at top half at least, if we can keep injury free and make a good couple of shrewd signings and maybe even seven. So we've got some realistic listeners here. Um, Harvey AVFC says ninth. And I asked him if he'd be happy with that position. He'd like Conference League, but doesn't want to set it too high with expectations, doesn't want to be disappointed. Ewan answered onto that. I don't know if it's just me. I'd hate us to be in the conference league. And then it got into a whole debate there. So I won't go into that about where they'd want to end up. We've got a ton there. So I'll read a few more out later, guys. But really appreciate the feedback. Um, Just one here from No Coder. Um, and then we'll come up, We'll come back to that. If we don't bring in anyone else, we'll be around 10th to 12th. I think we can push for 7th or 10th if we had another two quality players and Carlos comes back fit. So some really reasonable comments. We'll come on to some other people with you if you guys are fine. Um, Rhino, do you have any questions
2: for us to start the pod? Yeah, I've got a couple of questions, actually. Um, mm. The first one's a bit more of a general football question. Yeah, uh, I've just started following um, 90s footballers on Twitter, and it's a great page if you're not following me, have a look at it. And it just gives you highlights of just, you know, all 90s footballers. And it just brought me, you know, brought some memories back. So I wanted to ask you guys, because we're all from different countries, different ages. And I just yeah. wanted to find out who who is your top three footballers of all time? And they don't have to be Villa related. And there's no order to that three. Spad, uh, I'm going to let you start here. <laughs>
1: Yeah um like do you mean Ryan right off from my enjoyment of watching over the years kind of thing like Yeah right? yeah yeah
2: so people you've absolutely loved watching
1: Yeah um my my number one to watch I truly loved watching Thierry Henry I I, yeah. I thought he was an absolute genius of a football. Right honor. cool right you know, yeah. I just like Just that Arsenal team. I was a big Villa fan, but if Villa were so far away from winning the league, I was always rooting for Arsenal to win it like uh, when they were neck and neck with United because they really knew how to play football and they were, like, being a big football fan, I just thought they were a pleasure to watch that team where they had, like, Lundberg and Perez on the wings, Vieira, Gilberto Silva, Bergkamp and Henri. They are just... But they were just... The balance they had, just the joy to watch. And Thierry Henry was obviously the spearhead of all that. And, um, yeah, I just... Theory, Henri would be up there. I thought I thought he was just a fantastic footballer, and like I remember when he first came, they signed him from Juventus, and uh, he was a left winger, and he actually started really poorly, like
2: for Arsenal. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember him coming and, across.
1: Yeah, and 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 he did, uh, he actually talks about it in an interview himself after as well, and he was saying like only for Arsene Wenger showing so much faith in him, and Wenger was like, "I'm going to start playing you up front," and. Henri's like I said, he was kind of thinking, should I move? You know, just his confidence was low, it just wasn't happening for him. So, Wenger moved him in to play up front at Bergkamp, and it just sprung to life and should rest his history. Like, so, so for me, Thierry Henry, because um, I got to see him a lot as well because he was playing in the Premier League, you know, so you got, to yeah, see him, yeah. you got to watch him week in, week out. And I thought, um, I just thought he was a brilliant footballer and just uh, he was everything that I like about football speed, pace, power, tactical brain. What a finisher! He scored every kind of goal you can imagine. Um, very, very few weaknesses in his game, and uh, mm. his ball carrying ability. Like his goal against Tottenham, where he picked it up in the halfway line in the Derby. I don't know if you remember that goal. Yeah. Uh, just, just a sensational footballer, and the times he dragged Arsenal as well. Like the, like against Real Madrid in the quarter final, where they were getting absolutely battered, and again he just picks the ball up in the halfway line and just runs through the Madrid team and scores. And 2006, and just yeah, just, just a great footballer. Um, Obviously, Leo Messi is in there. I mean, just I don't think any one of our generation could could um, not like Messi. You know, just yeah, it, just everything he brought, everything he's won. Um, I'm not going to get into the Messi and Ronaldo debate because they're both phenomenal players, and I think we we're, we're we're very lucky to have had two such generational talents in our time. Because Maradona was probably a bit before my time. Um, and then the third one, and I just, just again, football genius. I mean, they're separate from my Villa ones. Um, Dennis Bergkamp, just. Oh, yeah. You, okay, just, you, you,
0: you, just, you just, took just, one. You took one of my three, so I'll,
2: I'll, have, yep. I'll let you have that. just, just take one, taken one of mine he, as well.
1: He just, he just made football look so easy. I remember his hat trick against Leicester at Filbert Street, and. Um, just it's probably the best hat trick ever scored in the Premier League. It was yeah. it was the perfect hat trick. Just I remember he took the ball down on the sideline at one stage, skinned the player and put it in the top corner. He had absolutely no right to score from that angle, but he could do it all. And um, yeah, for me, for just just watching footballers, they would be my three: Henri, uh, Messi, and Bergkamp.
2: Brilliant, mate. Love it. Where about you, Paul?
0: Yeah, radio. Well, um. This will surprise some of the listeners who know my dislike of Leeds, but this person is prior to Leeds as well, and for another reason, uh, other reasons. But as an Aussie, Mark Viduka, the V Bomber, um, fantastic career at Celtic, um, went across and became pretty much a legend uh, for Leeds as well, and was an amazing soccer who didn't score as many goals um, as a soccer that people would have thought, but he was a holding. You know, almost like a false nine kind of player. Um, 2005 World Cup, they beat Italy. If they beat Italy in that quarterfinal, who knows what Soccerroo's history would be then? Because that team had players like Viduca, um It had uh, Harry Kuehl, uh, Mark Schwartzer in goals. It was a Premier Lucas, League.
1: Lucas Neal as well was very good. Uh,
0: Lucas Neal. Yeah. Uh, we won't go on about the the penalty there and the fact he played for Sydney FC, who I hate. Um, <laughs> but uh, Mark Bresciano, there was all these players that were playing Serie A, they were playing in Spain, they were playing Premier League. Definitely the best generation of socceroos ever. And Mark Viduka, for me, I remember seeing him as a 16, 17, 18-year-old uh, at a club called um, Melbourne Knights, which was Melbourne, Croatia. Um, and he was un- he was ripping apart the equivalent of the A-League at sixteen seventeen, 17 um, and just one of the, yeah, pro- probably the best Australian player I've ever seen by a fair margin. Um, second one is, uh, and I know a lot of people would say this, but for me, the low centre of gravity, the, everything about him, uh, Maradona, um, on any podcast I've ever been on, and when people have asked, one, you know, my, one of my top sporting people of any sport, it's always been Maradona. Um, and, you know, just the smile, the generosity he gave to so many people probably was at his own um, peril, Um, but just loved him. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to talk about the goals against England or anything like that, but this man, and it's so timely that we're talking about this now because Napoli look like they're going to win the Serie A. And, yeah, it's going and, very well. And Maradona did something that the and, – and I do need to say this. He did something that the Maradona uh, – sorry, the – the um, Messis and the Renardos and all those kind of guys didn't do. Maradona went to a small club and won titles at a club that had... Because Napoli was a small club when he went there. Make no mistake about it. And they won two titles with him. And they'd won nothing before. And up until this season, they'd
1: won nothing since. Um, Did you watch the documentary on him, Paul? It's uh, uh, just called Diego Maradona, the one that came out lately in the last maybe 12 months. Yeah, it's oh, really good. The footage they have, it's just oh, it's brilliant, man. Sad parts of his life too, you know, like the like um, don't want to get into it too much, but like the Kimura and coming yeah. to him when he wanted to leave, and you know he was getting addicted to cocaine, and yeah. like he's he's saying like, oh, well, you have to let me leave, like I, I have to go, and they're like, no, nah, you you can't, like you're just you're you work too much to the city, like you know. Mm, uh,
0: he came, he, 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 you know, he came from the slums. And he never forgot those times. And one of my favourite kind of pseudo documentaries of his was Maradona in Mexico, when he, you know, not long before he passed oh, away, yeah. he went over and, and coached in, in you know the the Mexican league. And I just, I, I, I don't know. They call geniuses in sport. To me, he is he is one of the geniuses. Yeah. There's no such thing as a goat for me, but he is as close as you can get. Um, third one might surprise you guys. Um, this guy was in a class of all German um, absolute superstars over the last few years, fell out of love with football, came to Australia and is to me the best A-League player, the best player that the A-League's ever had. And that's just me. And I'm a Brisbane Royal fan, but Thomas Breusch. Um, Okay. You guys might not have heard a lot about him. No, I haven't actually. Please, Please. There's a brilliant, brilliant documentary called Tom meets Zizou. And, it's really, really great because this is just, it, it was a fluke that they were doing this documentary on a, a guy. Thomas Bush was called Maestro by us because he was also a musician and everything. And he fell in love, out of love with football. He came here and played for a few years in the A League, won a couple of um, grand finals and a couple of best players in the league. And he was just one of those guys, you can tell he was too good for our game and just didn't reach the potential in Europe that he could have. Mm. So it's called Tom Meets Zizu, this documentary. And I loved when these documentaries fluke the time because when they're finishing the documentary, they decide to extend it for a bit and he wins a grand final with a Brisbane Raw. We were down 2-0 in extra time with three minutes to go. We end up equalising on the last kick and winning on penalties in front of 51,000 people. Wow. And, and four or 5,000 Raw supporters had left when we were 2-0 down in extra time. Oh, um, no. And they, couldn't game. Get back <laughs> in. they couldn't get back in, and we won on penalties. Um, oh, no. So, you know, if you get a chance, have, have a look at Tom Meets Caesar and you'll understand what he means to me.
2: Yeah. Definitely will do. Yeah. That's great, fellas. Um, I'll give you my right three. Up. My three, I had Dennis Bergkamp as my, um, the first on the list there. And same as you, But sort of grew, grew up watching that Arsenal team and, and when Bergkamp came in in, like, 95, it was like that influx of foreign players coming into the Premier League and they just offered something different, but he was just special. And, it, you know, I think very underrated was his assists and his passing. Yeah. Like, he he would put Henri through so many times and was responsible they, for they so many goals. They complemented each
1: other so well, didn't they? Like, uh, oh. Henri's pace and power and Bergkamp's ability to set him up just incredible. Henri
2: was like the physical direct running player and Bergkamp was two the steps green. ahead in, in, the, in the mind, wasn't he? He was already seeing stuff that other players couldn't see. So he was two steps ahead and he was just magic. And some of the goals he scored as well. I was just watching the um the goal versus Newcastle, that he he you know, he gets the ball back to goal, dab his asses right up him. And he just flicks it around him, holds him off and just finishes it. It's just a magic goal. And he he had all of it in his locker, didn't he? And, yeah, just a a player that I really enjoyed watching. And I'm the same as you, Spud. I sort of had a bit of a soft spot for Arsenal um, back in the day because of the way they played and because Bergkamp was there. So,
1: yeah, loved him. Obviously, Villa was my number one, but just from a from a from a football spectacle point of view, yeah, like, I just love watching Arsenal because they were just they were just a joy, weren't they? Like, in fairness, they're like,
2: yeah, they were, and and it was the changing of the guard. Man United had been so successful for so long; it was nice to see another team come in and you know rival them and and make it a bit of a contest. So, yeah, Dennis Bergkamp for me. The next one is Zinedine Zidane for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. just perfect on both feet could head the ball, just balance and poise. Just oh, I just love watching him. Just the, the control, the first touch, just sublime. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we'll see a player like him again. He was a bit of a... Bit of a maverick in a way with the things he would do. And but but up. his ability
1: to control a game from the center of the park was unrivalled. Like you know, just just the ball just seemed to be sucked towards him, isn't it? Like he's just such a presence, like it's unbelievable. Yeah, and he's a
2: big fella as well. I watched an interview with Roy Keane the other day, and he said the hardest person he came up against was Zidane because oh, yeah. he was six foot six or six foot four, yeah. physical, yeah. but could really play as well. But didn't mind putting his foot in. So that was really interesting to hear from
1: Keane. Oh, that's cool, yeah. There's a documentary there um, about, uh, it's called, I don't know, did you ever see it? It's called uh, uh, Keenan Vieira, The Best of Enemies. Did you ever yes. see it? No? Yeah, and, no, I don't think really- I've seen it, no. Oh, it's on YouTube, man. Have a watch. It's called, oh, really? they bring Keenan Vieira together like to talk about their career. And they get on really well now, you know, And they, uh, but if you get a chance right now, have a look at it. It's really I good.
2: will, I will. I loved Patrick Vieira as well in that era because he was another one. Who just he went toe to toe with Keane, didn't he? And wasn't uh, wasn't backing down. But yeah, Zidane. Now going back to Zidane, won everything, didn't he? Wherever he went and scored some really special goals. And
1: that goal and he just, scored it, in the Champions League final against Bayer Leverkusen. They're yeah, yeah. At, at Hamden, wasn't he left with left foot volley? Yeah. And yeah, you can't that's...
0: discuss his career. We won't go on about it. You can't discuss the career without. Unfortunately, the only highlight that most people show is that that headbutt. You know, and and I, I I hate the fact that that's what he's remembered for by so many people.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It's a real it's a real shame. It's a real low point for his career. But he bounced yeah. back and
1: managed there around you to three Champions League trophies, though. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And he's yeah he's done really well. But yeah, just another player that I just loved watching. And you know, you chuck his highlights on on YouTube, and he's just he does stuff that you just don't think is possible. And then the third one I struggled with a little bit because there's yeah, it's it's really hard. But I sort of I went with Ronaldinho in the end because oh, yeah. he was just another player who just seemed to just have time on the ball and could just make things happen from nowhere. He scores a goal against Chelsea in the Champions League. He's on the edge of the box. Yeah, I think he's got two or three defenders right in front of him. He takes no swing at the ball and just pokes it in, like it nearly hit. in the top yeah. corner and just... From nothing, that was him. He could just make a moment out of nothing and turn the game, and just a brilliant character. I thought and really enjoyed him when he was at Barcelona. He'd
1: just make you happy watching football, wouldn't he? Like he's, yeah, yeah. And he
2: played with a smile on his face, didn't he? And was, yeah,
0: I have to let the listeners know that there is no way we've spoken to each other about these questions, right? Because I'll let you finish it and I'm going to ask the next question, and you're going to not believe what my answer is, okay? Um, so. (laughs) Yeah I mean you want to talk about highlights he 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 and and smiles his highlights are the best i've ever seen the yeah. smile on his face is absolutely magical i mean but uh, he almost didn't
2: he was so good he almost didn't live up to his potential yeah and he was around for a long time as well which is great for us we got to see him for a long long time and Again, just some of, the pa- some of the skills and some of the passing from him was just... He unreal. kind of
1: announced himself to the world at the 2002 World Cup, you know. He yep. just signed for Paris Saint-Germain at the time. And, and then goal. they had the three R's up front, right? Ronaldo, Rivaldo and Ronaldinho. What, what a team that was. Oh, what a trio that
0: is. <laughs> guys, I'm going to segue into my question here for you guys. You could have one player at your club from the last 30 years. Um, you could have one player at Villa. And I have to answer this just based on you. I actually had Ronald down. you down. Oh, it nice. Because the pace, the balance, the goals, and the joy he would have given with his smile, um, I had Ronaldinho down as a player that I would have had at Villa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, class, yeah. So who, who would have you guys? You can bring anyone from the last 20-odd years to Villa Park. Um, and they, they play a few years, um, who would you take? And I, I, I've got Ronald Daniel. Thier-
1: Thierry Henry for me. I think he'd yeah. suit this team as well, down to the ground, and actually a yeah. finisher would pace.
0: Jeez, we're not going to lose on either of those players so far.
2: <laughs> I, I'm going to bring um, another Brazilian mate for Ronaldinho. I'm going to bring uh, Ronaldo. Uh, nine yes. Yeah. Yeah. He solves our
0: goal-scoring problems. And exactly. Another guy, who played, another guy who played with a shocking haircut and an absolutely amazing <laughs> smile.
2: Yeah, just yeah, just a striker that we've lacked for a long time So yeah, I'll bring Ronaldo
1: of, I'd love to see what he could have done if he, he wasn't so injury prone Like his record with being injury prone is just unbelievable The goals he scored Can you imagine yeah. what he would have done if he wasn't injury prone, you know?
2: Do you know, it's just an interesting point on Ronaldo, right? I watched an interview with him and you'll find it on YouTube it's, it's in Brazil And the commentator or the interviewer says to Ronaldo Who's the best player you ever played, the best strike partner? And this is at the end of his career. And he came out with Luke Nillis when he was at PSV, former Villa player. Oh, really? And I was really surprised because even the interviewer, if you go, I'll try and get a link for him, put it on the, on, the, on the Twitter page. And the interviewer's jaw nearly hits the floor. He's like, what about all these other players and reels off these players? And he goes, nah, Luke Nillis. He just, he just... I was so excited put, when
1: Luke Nillis signed for Villa, man. And then just typical, typical Villa, yeah. Luke, he gets injured.
2: Yeah, and, and that's oh, where God. now... Ronaldo said he goes. He just put everything on a plate for me. It was just a joy to play with him. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't hear. Never heard that. now. Mm, yeah, not.
2: but Luke though that um, that he did. He score in his first
1: game against Chelsea. Against Chelsea, it was a cracker, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, brilliant goal on. Just like you say, that's typical Villa though. You get a player of that quality comes to you, and then not long after that was it. Was an end of end of career. Yeah, pretty much. Well,
1: um. So, do you want me to ask my question? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, go for it. Right. What has been the most important win for Villa this season? And, oh. why? And, and why? Hmm.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to Rhino first, but I've got a fairly good idea of mine.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Man United when Unai Emery first came in because um, of our struggles beating any of the top six teams in recent years. I think that's been a massive um, confidence boost for us, and we really kicked on from that. Uh, And, yeah, there's been some good wins, but I, I just feel like that one stands out for me, and it's always good to be the Man United.
1: And, and the length of time it's been since we beat them at Villa Park as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's been a yeah, what, 96, I think, was it
1: last Ninth, time? Yeah, August '95, wasn't it? '95, '96 season when the old famous "You'll never beat any, anyone with kids" uh, quote came out.
2: That's right. Yeah, it was the first, it was the opening game of the season. That's opening right. Season, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like- for me, that's probably the most important because it shows that, you know, it showed the changes Emery was bringing to the club. And it, you know, probably gave our squad a massive lift and um, has probably held us in good stead recently.
1: Great answer. How about yourself, Pye?
0: I can't disagree with that. That's exactly the game I had in mind. I think it started the belief in in the idea of what Emery could be. So, yeah, I have to go the same. What about you, Spot?
1: Um, For me, um, I actually think the Brighton away was the biggest result of the season so far, and I'll I'll tell you why. Obviously, the United result was huge being Emery's first game, but then we followed that up, and we hadn't won all season away from home. Um, Aaron Danks had a great result against Brentford, and we followed that up with a bad result against Newcastle, and I thought it was really important that we could go back-to-back, because one of the main things was we were away from home, we had to fight doggedly, and then I think the main reason for me that I thought it was so important was it was the last game before the World Cup break. So I thought it was important for us to go into that break with a bit of positivity because had we lost that game to Brighton after beating Man United, I think that positivity level would have dropped and they're like, oh, here we go, same as Aaron Danks again. Look, win one, lose one kind of thing. But I just felt that to get get beating United and backing that up with an away win against Brighton really kind of set the positivity for the next six weeks going into that training camp in Dubai and stuff.
2: That's a good point, really good point. Like you say, um, just before going into the World Cup break is massive, isn't it? Just We've get been that a long six
1: weeks to be hanging over a loss and then and, yeah. and the away record still hanging over us. And you know, Emory might not have got the same grace he, he would have had. And it's just, I thought it brought a lot of positivity to have back to back wins and two huge wins, really, like to get the United Huda out the way and then to back that up with. Him first away win of the season and yeah, I just thought it was a really important win because had we lost that to be like, oh Newcastle, Brentford again, low win one, lose one. And I just thought I just thought it was a very important win for us. Yeah. Well we might a
0: really good call there as well. Um, we might break in with a couple of questions from um, the Aussie Villains page. We had um, we had a, a post about our podcast tonight and Guy Bradley who who caught off in comments on our post and we really appreciate it, Guy. He yes. um we we did this one last week. So this is this is one we can answer off for him. So Guy said um here's a task for you. Go through the remaining gains, estimate the points total. I've worked out another thirty, which would give us fifty eighth, seventh last year. Interest to hear what you reckon? So I did this this morning and I went through the remaining games and, and went draw, win, loss, whatever. Um, and I thought it'd be 55 to 60 um, when we were talking last week, but through my glass half empty lens, I went through each of our remaining games and I came up actually with 26 points um, mm-hmm. for a total of 54. So even then that would have given us an eighth last year um, and it'd be a great building block. So let's, you know, less than what we might imagine, but I was being really realistic when I was going through, uh, and I, I got 54 points. Right on. So, are you guys sticking to what you did last week? Any revision on, on what you had up there?
1: Yeah, well, I, I haven't got a chance to go through fixture by fixture today once the yes. question came because it was working and stuff. But oh, of course. The, the, um, I, I'm going to stick with what I said last week because I fully believe that. I think if we can match the after the bad season we had If we can match that 55 points And most seasons that 55 Would, would have got us higher up the table um, I, I would be happy with that In Emory's first season um, yep. And I think it's a realistic game You're talking 8 wins, 6 draws Out of your last 18 games I'd, I'd gobble that up to be honest Yep, absolutely
2: What What about you there, Rhino? Yeah, I'm the same. I'd be really happy if we got to 55 points. I think that's a massive step forward to where we have been and definitely a massive step forward to where we thought we'd be earlier in the season. So, yeah, it's all to play for at the moment. I think it was a good point earlier in the pod that, you know, it's very dependent on what happens in the next four days with the, the transfer window, and I, I tend to agree with that. Um, but the the league is tight, and as we said last week, you know, there's a couple of teams there who are, you know, Probably punching above their weight a little bit, and I'm looking at the Brighton's Then you've got the Liverpool's and Chelsea's who are not doing so well. So it's a it's a prime season to really have a crack at the, um, the European spots, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, we won't do the um. There's a few other questions we won't do them in order because this next one fits exactly into what we we're just talking about. This is from Nick uh, Nick Red V. Uh, For those overseas or for you guys who may not be rugby league aficionados in Australia, the Big Red V is the St. George Dragons. Very famous. Won 11 grand finals in a row, I believe, in the 50s and 60s in the end before it was the NRL. 11 grand finals in a row. It doesn't matter who you are. That's an unbelievable effort. Never be repeated in Australian sport. Um, Anyway, Nick, Big Red V, he says, how many signings do we need between now and the end of the transfer window to be competitive in the second half of the season? I might just start this one and say, I think we're going to be competitive no matter what. I, I, I do think we're competitive now. Um, but I still think there's two signings that will come in and there'll be no one that we expect. That, that, honestly, I think the club's keeping their cards close to their chest. They're not giving their sources out to anyone because none of our journalists can be trusted with any information we give out. And so far, we've had people who, honestly, we wouldn't have thought of some of the people over the last few months that we would have got. So... I'm going to say two more signings, uh, but nevertheless, we'll be competitive anyway. Uh, over to you guys,
1: Marina?
2: I reckon with the outgoings recently, I'd love to see another two two come in minimum, really. But again, I'm not I'm not one of these fans. Though, if at the end of the day, if no one comes in and there's not a suitable deal out there for us, and we don't sign anyone, I'm not going to hit the roof. You know, I, I'm putting all my trust in Emery, and you know, I think we're better off waiting for the right players rather than just signing players for the sake of it. Cause we end up in the situation with the Morgan Sansons again, when you get them for a cheap, you know, cheap fee in a January, but it doesn't work out. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to see two come in um, cause we have lost a couple, a striker and a, and a winger would be my sort of um, preference for the positions. Um, but yeah, I'm, like you say, I, I'm just trusting the, the process now and, and I know they'll 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 get the players in when the time is right and the right players are available.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed.
2: Uh, Spud, did you have any further on that?
1: Um, I'm very similar to Rhino. I am. I'm not jumping on this massive theory of There has to be signings at all. I, I firmly believe Emery when he says he's not going to make signings unless they're genuinely going to improve the team. I, I'm. I. I think Emery knows he has the time. He has the, the the owner's trust now. He's going to build the right team. I think. Um, I don't want to see Barca Bork, Bork bastions coming in. I just, I, I don't. What, what's the point? Um, you, you know, they're, they're Like, so I think if he has to wait, he will wait. I do think, I do think we will see one, maybe two more. But I'm, I'm, I'm not panicked. McGinn has no. to come back. Luca Dean has to come back. Um. Mm. Carlos has to come back. So we're not as short as people are making out. Maybe a little light in the attacking areas, but I think we can handle it with Duran coming in. All you need is someone to come off the bench 15, 20 minutes and a bit of pace and power he'll... from off the bench. Make, um, make, yeah.
0: no, make no mistake, Wally's a work in progress. He'll play this season.
1: Yeah, and then you look at look at the bench last week and I, like, I know people, a lot of people are cracking up saying, oh, look how weak our bench was. Then Dunker is in Belgium at the World Cup. Philip Coutinho is Philip Coutinho, yes he's not what he was but he's still a good, he's still worthy of taking off the bench you know, Matty Cash is good to come off the bench, um, and Sanson at the time, you know more than good enough to cover 5-5 yeah. position so I, I wasn't as panicked as everyone is, yeah we're a bit light up front but I think with uh with Duran just offers enough, it, what I mean is if we can't get someone that's going to be an upgrade on what we have then I'm happy for them to use what they have now you know. I, yeah, that's I, I don't. I, I don't see this point in loading your squad, and I don't think they'll do it if they have to wait till the summer to enhance. But I do think we will make a signing. But I do think it's going to be someone that's eleven, first eleven, ready made. I don't think they're going to well, panic buy. Like. But
0: um, that link links on again um, to the next question, which I wasn't going to ask this question, but it links on perfectly. It's uh, you put the question up on our. Uh, we've got a Facebook group. It's Aussie Bill's Podcast and Villa Chat. Um, feel free to join. It's only very new and you can invite anyone you want on there. Um, we had a good question today and I think it was on your from your post. It was from uh, Omar Haji. Uh, do you guys think we'll ever see Peak continue again? I think he's had injury, injury issues, had one goal scoring contribution in 30-odd games. Guys, I think we'll be pretty unanimous in this one, but I'll, I'll leave it over to you to start with. Do you ever think we'll see Peak continue again? I think, key. Okay.
2: I don't think we'll see peak Coutinho again, but I definitely think he's got a place in our squad from here until the end of the season. And we reassess then, don't we, when um, we've got more time and more options available. But I still think in, in recent weeks, I've been pleased with his cameos coming off the bench. I don't think he's been as bad as some people have been making out. And yes, he hasn't been the Coutinho of old, but... I think those days are probably a a bit behind him now, but I still think he's got a a role to play for us and in the right games, the right situations. I think, yeah, I think he can still do, still do a good job for us.
0: Uh, Got a few more questions for you guys. Just we might um, take it in turns asking questions again. I'm enjoying this chat tonight and we are very much a positive podcast, but I'm going to come with a negative to you guys. Okay. Doesn't mean you're not a fan. (laughs) most overrated villain player. Now, I'm not talking about someone who came in and was injured or, you know, anything like that, but kind of preface it as someone considered, you know, a a Villa star or a Villa legend that you think was overrated. That's a very good question, Paul. Uh...
1: Do
0: you want me to start it off for you? Because I've got one. Kick it off. Gabby Abongahor. Good, Very, very good player. But I don't think he gave us anywhere near what he was capable of. I think he was unfit for large parts of his career. So we're never going to get him on as a guest. I had Gabby shirts. I've sung the Gabby song. But when I looked back at the guys that we've called club legends and so forth, mm. I think Gabby's been overrated in that regard. Ooh. I'm racking my brains now trying to think... <laughs> It's a tough question and it's it's hard when you're a, 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 a optimistic and fair supporter. But, yeah, I, I just thought, Gabby, because when you really look at his record and when you really look at what he did year in, year out, um, for what we paid him and everything, I think he's overrated. That does not mean I didn't think he was good.
2: Ooh, have you got anyone, spied?
1: Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, but jump again. Um, there, was, there, was a period, there was a period where he was very good in the championship and when, when Villa were, fans were saying we can't take 50 million from him and stuff I, I don't think he was ever in the Premier League, the top top he had, he had a good opening day against Spurs his first game in the league but the time that, uh, that Grealish got injured it was McGinn's time to step up and he didn't um, yeah I, I hate saying it about McGinn but and uh, yeah, I I just don't think he's ever reached the heights that everyone claimed that he would or that he did. Yeah,
0: no. And in oh, it's a really fair call, and I don't. Ooh, think that's not means... a knock
1: on him, but I just think no. that I don't think he was ever the fifty million pound player that people claimed him, that he, the, he was. You know, the
0: question, the question, Spud, and it it makes yours and my answers absolutely relevant. Is we're not saying who was a crap player or who you know was no, no, I'm that... just
1: saying I, I don't think yeah. he ever reached the heights that yes. people have thought that, yeah. that, that he and could then... have or that he did. I, I think if you were to scroll through Twitter, when John McGinn gets injured, suddenly his his abilities are multiplied by the fans when he's not playing, yeah. But then when he comes back, he's one of the first that they slate. So, like, uh, uh, for me, I just don't think. And I don't think he ever will be. And, I, and, and I'm not trying to knock him because I, I want him so much to be a part of this team because he is exactly what you'd want in your players, you know. Heart, you know, you can tell he loves him. He never, ever does anything but puts a shift on. But I just don't think he's the top quality that I thought he was going to be. No, in. just loses, loses the ball a little bit too much for the yeah, position he's playing and, and if I was to pick a second, it would have been Carlos Quaylor. As I, as I oh yeah, yeah.
2: Oh. I think I've got mine, and I think for me, I'm gonna go Stewart Downing. Oh yes, yeah. I just don't think he came with a lot of noise to Villa and a lot of uh, a lot of promise, and I don't think he ever really fulfilled it at Villa, and ended up obviously leaving for Liverpool. But his career again, I think it sort of it went off the boil a little bit. I don't know if it's that Villa curse again, but um, yeah, Stewart Downing for me.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was a period. Or like you're right, though he was never he never consistently did it. There were certainly games, though, where that mm-hmm. midfield of Young, Milner, Barry, and uh, Downing were just sensational.
2: I thought I thought Barry and Milner were the real driving force in there, and I thought I, yeah. I, like Downing, like you say, had a couple of good spells, but yeah, never really hit those heights though that he we was were never expecting. as consistent
1: as Young. Never. No, no. no. Yeah, great. Yeah, good oh, yeah. answers, guys. I feel good so answer. bad about John McGinn No, no You feel bad about saying you feel bad. There's another about lad who's never going to come into the back now. No, you, you feel bad saying that about any player. Oh, God, we know John and no Stuart, huh? Yeah, it question, guys, it was a question that had to be asked. Ah, so oh, no, it's to... a fair question, and 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 as you said, it's not us digging out slating the players. It's just giving our opinion who who we probably had higher hopes for, but never really yeah. reached that potential.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, guys, over to you for
0: a question. If you got them.
2: I've oh, got fellas, and this is a bit more Villa-related. So, given we're all from different countries, uh, Wales, Ireland and Australia at this point, and obviously Tet's from England, yeah. from your home nation's current squad, pick one player who you'd take to the Villa. I wouldn't. You wouldn't take any Aussies?
0: Not from our current
2: Socceroos, um, set up, no. Mm. Yeah, okay, fair point, fair enough you anyone from
1: Ireland? Um, I think Ewan Ferguson, the young lad at Brighton, there, he'd, he'd be a good prospect of Villa. He's scoring some goals for Brighton at the moment in their first team. they great yeah. header against Leicester last week. Um, he's probably the only one to do. the Irish squad isn't exactly littered with, with talent at the moment. Same little- as
2: Wales, mate. I'm sort of um, with Bale retiring, I'm left with not much, but I went with Brennan Johnson from Nottingham Forest, which oh, is a bit yeah? of a He's, he's not a bad player. I think we could probably use him a little bit at the moment in that sort of attacking wing role. So, yeah, I've gone Brennan Johnson. But I'm interested, Paul, like you don't – there's no one in that Socceroos camp you'd – you'd. Well, you'd I'm, going to give
0: you, I'm going to give you a bit of an example from the World Cup, okay? So, I told you, you – you, you knew I was watching the A-League last week and, mm. and you asked me a player to look out for. And this is just an example. I told you to watch out for Tillio from Man City um, and yeah. he was on the bench in the World Cup for us – Um, didn't get a game. Jamie McLaren used to be a top striker in the A-League, didn't make it over in Europe. Um, The only player you could possibly... I'm I'm just being honest. That Australian team was coached so, so well because most of the players have had their chances overseas and, and just didn't make it. The only player that people would probably have a go at me about is Qual. The player who went to Newcastle has been loaned out. Oh um, yeah but you're asking me to take a player to Villa and if he mm. signed for Villa right now I wouldn't be excited we're talking about improving our squad now and yep. I I can't see a Soccaroo that I and I know the Soccaroo line up intimately uh intimately yeah that's the word and I wouldn't <laughs> take anyone. I wouldn't take anyone fair
2: enough yeah fair enough if you
1: don't well, think they got what
0: about Harry there, Suter? No. no 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 because I think we've got players that are very similar um, yeah. to him he, he's not uh, extremely mobile as well. And I think we've got players like, I would rather have Konza and Mings who know each other and are playing. So he's a fair player. Um, I, you know, the player that I would have potentially taken a couple of years ago and, and yes. would have given us the heading options would have been Jackson Irvine. He would have been really good in that. Because in, we don't have a tall big man up forward, but he's he so injury prone. You're talking about me taking someone into Villa now. He's going to improve the squad. Yeah, um, and that was the way I kind of positioned the
2: question. Fair yeah. enough. No Australians, unfortunately. Nope. What about? You? Did you give us a Welshman? Yeah, Brennan Johnson, Nottingham Forest at the moment, oh, and okay, he's probably he's probably the only one. Um, like I said, with Bale retiring, then he's the he's probably the the next bright hope, I guess. And has started to put a bit of form together for Forest recently. scored a couple of goals and. Yeah, he's
0: he's a as well. Talent. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, no, that's a, That's a, I really like that question, but um, mm. I'm sure, um, if Tess had been here, I'm not sure what's happened with him, I know he's doing a fair bit of trouble, but um, Tess would have, <laughs> had, a he would have had a lot of options, <laughs> yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, uh, you gave a question, Espa, do you got one for us? Yeah, right.
1: So, um, it has to be realistic. So, with all four positions, like goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, and striker. If you could realistically sign one for each place, who would it be? Oh, here we go. So obviously, like Martinez is number one. It's going to be hard to beat him, but like we could do with a good backup. You know that. That's what I'm kind of saying. Like, or, yeah, or maybe a defender, but it has to be realistic. Like we can't be either saying Messi and Mbappe and yeah. I I thought for
2: for backup for Martinez. um, My call during the World Cup was Matty Ryan, but I think he's since gone on to another club. But I thought he had a good World Cup bar, the one mistake. And I've always liked him as a keeper from his days at Brighton. So I would put Matty Ryan as my understudy to Martinez. Can he play with his feet, though?
0: Yeah, he can. Not as good as Martinez. He certainly can play with his feet. Yeah, absolutely. I saw him in the the A-League. The Central Coast Mariners for many years before he went over to Europe, and the guy can play. Yeah,
2: I'll take him. Um,
0: we'll, take
1: him. <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll take him. We'll take him because uh, yeah, we need something on the bench. Um, defender, midfielder, striker. All right. I think defensively, I'd want probably a right back would be my next porter call. Um, with Ash Young having an amazing season, but he is 38, and I don't think long-term Maddie Cash is the answer in that position. So I'd be looking at someone for a right back, but I don't know who we'd go for because it'd have to be someone pretty attacking, decent, you know, decent on the ball, can cross, can pass, and they don't come easy.
1: Yeah, they're not readily available, are they?
2: No, there's not many out there. Especially realistically getting them. Like, you look in the Premier League, it's it's a bit tight. What about you, Paul? You got any, uh, any suggestions in there? Um, I'm going to really
0: uh, struggle here. But there's a striker I've been looking at, and I know we can't afford him uh, at the moment. But I, I, I just like him because he's not from a massive club. I, I really like Becker from Union Berlin as a striker. Far yeah. big... Mobile, I just really, really like him. And I reckon guys like that might want to have a go at a different style club. So I thought Becker from Union Berlin, I've been keeping my eye on him. And I'm just surprised he never gets mentioned by anyone. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, sorry.
2: I was sort of surprised as well. I just thought that like, Memphis Depay had left Barcelona and gone to um, Atletico Madrid. And even before the World Cup, he wasn't getting any games because they got Lewandowski. And I thought... You know, that's a player, realistically, I think we could have gone in for, do I think we would have got him 50-50? But I definitely think there would have been an opportunity there. But I would love to have gone for someone of his quality, like Memphis Depay, and that would be a real statement signing for us. What
0: so about it? He... Um, right back? You were talking right back. What about Molina? I know we wouldn't get him because he plays Champions League, but Molina from Atletico
2: Madrid. Yeah, someone of that quality, someone who's playing at that level, would be unbelievable, wouldn't
0: they? But yeah, I know you said realistic, Spud, but I'm,
1: I'm, I'm. Uh, yeah, but like that's they're not crazy out out of their out of their realms of possibility. You know what I mean? Because no. uh, players players are looking to come to the Premier League now. You know? Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm really looking at Europe because I still think that um, values there. But, but I, I just think that I think. Um, it's just just my opinion, okay. I think we've become so lazy as supporters and, and everything that sometimes we just rely on other teams in the Premier League, and we don't think or we don't look outside the ba- uh, the, the the box enough. Um, and I think there's plenty of talent in Europe from not the biggest clubs that would love to play in the Premier League. There's plenty of talent out there. Mm. What about you, Spud? Have you got any players
1: there that come to mind? Um, it's it's a tricky one, like because, um, I think I think for the back line, um, for me, I think right back is probably is start to become the priority because I'm not I'm not sure Maddie Cash is fully fitting in with, with with Emery's style, but that could change. Um, yeah. I'm really happy with Young. He brings everything you want in that position. You know, but like you can't go on forever. Like you can't remain our number one for the next few years. So, there's, there, yeah, it, it, there's no one really in right back that I think. Yeah, we'd love to have him. Like I know, um, Tarek at Bright Brighton is very good. Um, yeah, good shout, he's very, actually he's Very injury prone. So, yeah, um, I think
0: we have a history of keeping the uh, injured players injured.
1: Yeah, we do. Right? <laughs> we don't have it. We have a record of that, all right? Um, I think for for me, I've I've mentioned Pau Torres before, and I do think yeah. that's something that we could get done as a centre back. But yeah. uh to be fair to Kanza, since I've said that, he's 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 improved massively. So yeah. like um I, I would have thought that I've said it many times in a podcast that I thought Kanza was for the door. Um I'm not hundred percent convinced now he is. Um but um I don't think he's gonna be a guaranteed starter, but I think Emery will definitely see value in keeping him round to be to fight for places. I still think if Carlos doesn't hit the ground running, though, we're going to see a centre back in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, for me, I think Paltar is in the in the, in the defence. Nice. Yeah, it's good, mate. I just want to. You said something about Maddie
0: Cash before, so we might as well. We keep segwaying around. Uh, Wolfgang Villa. You can get him at Villa underscore Wolfgang. He asks, "Is Cash really?" And I believe he meant good enough. Did he put God enough? Well, he's definitely not God enough. Um. Hmm. Is Cash really good enough? I think we've kind of answered that. I don't think he is for us to get to the level we want. Is he a good squad player? Yes. He plays for Poland now, so he's going to want to play for a bigger club. So I actually don't think he's good enough for us. And I reckon we take the cash and run. It's a bit of
1: a joke there, guys. Before we answer that, just to go back to Rhino's question. Ryan, do you know who I would look at? Who's that? Walker Peters. Oh yeah, Southampton. I was watching our the game against him last week and I thought I could see him fitting nicely into our setup.
2: Yeah, and do you know, someone said to me the other day, they're like, Oh, have you, do you guys have been linked to wan Bissaka from Man United? And I was like, yeah. Oh I don't know, I haven't I've every time I've watched him, I get the same sort of feel that I do watching Maddie Cash that defensively he's pretty solid, but Final third and, you know, with the ball at feet, there's just not much confidence there. So I don't think it'd be a massive improvement. But I don't know. You guys might have watched him a bit more than the more I have. Uh, have never,
1: Never been impressed. Yeah. I think he's bigger. I think he got a bigger price. I have a couple of United friends that, that United friends that are fans, you know, and like they say, like he he has improved a bit this season under Ten Hag, but yeah. uh, nah, not just, he hasn't not for me. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be excited. I look, I'd get behind him if we sign him, but like, yeah, Emery was at the Nottingham Forest Man United game the other night. No, <laughs> so he might have been just there as a supporter too, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Walker Peters me as a right back. I think I could see him nicely fitting in with us, you know. That's a good call. Very good call. Sorry, Paul, back to that question. Sorry, I just uh, I didn't mean to drop. No, that. no, 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 not at <laughs> all. I just thought it was a perfect
0: little segue. Um, it was a good question. I I don't. I think we've spoken about this on last
1: week's pod as well. Um, yeah. What was the guy's name that asked the question? Sorry, Paul. Wolfgang Villa. Oh, okay. Thank you, thank you for the, the question, Wolfgang. Great question. Yeah.
2: I I'm um, gonna say so I'm, I'm with Paul, and you know I've sort of had this feeling for a while with Maddie Cash, and. He, <laughs> Defensively, I think he's he's solid. He's got enough speed about him to recover and and get forward. But it's just when he gets into that final third, the the you know the final ball is often overhead or straight out of play, and it's just not good enough. And I, I think with Emery signing Mourinho on the left hand side, you can see where he's looking at doing on the left back position. He's going to want to do the same on the right hand side, and I just don't think Matty Cash has got that ability to. To be that that player, um, real solid squad player, and you know, look, if he would, if he wanted to hang around and, and be a number two and get some games from the bench, but I don't see it. I reckon there'd be interest in him if he um, if he decided to look elsewhere.
1: I think as well. Um, I, I, I think um, I think it's quite telling. Obviously, Young has deserved that spot, and he's made it his own. Um, um, I, I get the feeling that Emery rates him cash as a player doesn't trust him as the right-back in the system. Mm. And before he goes dipping into the market for the midfielder, he was testing the waters with playing cash a bit further forward to see. Obviously, there was tactical reasons he put him there as well. But I imagine he doesn't completely rule him out as a player. But he hasn't really lit it up when he's gone into the midfield areas either, has he? You you can see other clubs going, oh, we could get more out of cash.
0: Um, He'd really suit us. Oh, he's a Polish international. And I think if the right money comes along, I think we'd be silly not to uh, at, at least strongly consider it.
1: Well, I've no doubt someone would sign him. He's there's yeah. definitely like there's definitely a player, as you say, Paul. He definitely offers something to a team. I just don't know is he offering it to when you see what Young's doing, not attacking as much in the important role. Young plays. I like you kind of feel yeah, that's the style of midfielder that we are the right back that we need, but someone that can kind of offer a bit more going forward as well. Because because Cash's la- crosses and last ball, it's a lot to be desired. Sometimes a lot of moves break down. Like.
2: Yeah, I think I think there'd be a lot of interest in Cash, and he did start off life as a midfielder, didn't he? At Nottingham Forest, yeah, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: He, you know, he's he's dropped deeper since he's come to Villa, but I think there's you know there's a Premier League player in there, and you know again like we're not bagging cash for the sake of it. It's just you know I think that's one position though that that will be looked at for an upgrade. And yeah, Ashley Young though, what a season he's put together as well. So that's made life difficult for Cash as well.
1: Which is what you want at a club. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. the foreign
2: player should get the shirt, you know, 100%. Yeah, and, and like you said, Spud, he's well deserving of that spot at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, 100%.
1: Great
0: question, though, guys. We put up a um poll a day ago and it's had an outstanding response. Um, we put up in their prime, who would you take in the current team? So, I'd love your answers. Um, I'll give you the, 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 the answers that we put up. It doesn't mean they're the greatest of all time, I'm just saying, in their prime, who would you take? And then I'll give you the poll results. I think I know where Spud's gonna go here. So I've gone Olaf Melberg, Gordon Sid Cowens, Paul McGrath, and Dennis Mortimer.
2: Yeah,
1: it's so not in their
0: who nope. would you take?
2: No, yeah, I I voted Paul McGrath. He was um yeah, just too hard to pass up, isn't he? I actually went
0: different to you guys, and I went Sid Cowans because yeah, okay. everyone I've ever spoken who said he's the best passer that Villa's ever had. And yeah. I could just see him ripping uh, current games apart. He used to cop absolute hidings, horrible tackles, and still got the ball through on muddy pitches with heavy balls. And we know what Paul McGrath gives, so I knew everyone was going to go that. But I just thought Sid would give us so, so
1: much. Yeah, no, um, no, no, it's a good shout. Um, I think for me though, just Paul is just, of course, you could have him now in his prime at the moment, oh. and <laughs> there'll be a lot of that. But as you said, Sid Cohen, yeah, just, just brilliant again. Jason, you, he'd fit nicely in alongside Louise and Camara. Though. Imagine <laughs> that, Literally. free up, free up
0: continue to be at his best. But guys, I just want to say to people, thank you so much for following the Twitter account at Aussie Villains. We got one thousand one hundred and fifty-three votes. Um, on that in just over a day. Um, brilliant, brilliant interaction. Yeah. Really yeah. appreciate it. So Melbourne got 11%, Cowan's 13%, Dennis Mortimer 6%, and Paul McGrath, not surprisingly, 70%. Um, just have a look at some of their answers to that as well, if it comes up. Um, I'm only old enough to remember Olof, which is fair enough. I refuse to choose between Cowan's and McGrath. Um, <laughs> I love that answer. well done, Olof. <laughs> That came from Nicholas Partridge too. We'll take um, them both.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: Darren here, st- at, uh, underscore Stony D, put Sid, God, Morty, all get in our best team of all time. So I can't choose only one. Olive, with respect, doesn't get near the squad of our best. I get that. Um, yep, here we go. An area where we struggled is creativity in midfield and nobody since Sid has had that passing ability. And that's kind of, that's why I put him in there. Um I do want to say Quinny seventy one, I appreciate this. It's very nice. He said, What a good poll. I'm I'm that juxtaposed I can't answer between Sid and and McGrath's. It hurts my head. Uh but want to see others uh in there because Olaf shouldn't be the fourth player. Uh can you share the results? Yes, we will share those when they're finalized or a day to go. Uh Kevin Cramp, big Kev sixty seven says that's an evil question in terms of the best player, McGrath, in terms of the most uh, the team, what they need right now is Cowans. Um, ABC, JGC, he wrote only one God. A <laughs> um, people putting up Olaf not in the same bracket. That's fair enough. I just want to put it up with a little bit more of a modern context as well. That came from Villa Rich 82. Um, B Myth, Floyd uh, at Floyd 67, said so that's really tough. They were all brilliant. Uh, I, I, there's so many there, guys. Please have a read. There's some everyone who answered that, absolutely appreciate it yeah, so thanks well. Thanks, million guys. guys. We we yeah. love the
1: interaction and just keep sending in those questions to us. We're we're, we're a kind of podcast that we love the interactions. You know, we said how we talk, but we're we're more than happy to to give what to talk what the listeners like to hear. You know, and it's growing and and we really appreciate all of it. We can't read out every single
0: answer. We try to read out as you can understand. I'm trying to read out as many as possible because please um, we've been having our own group discussions about this we appreciate every single one of you as well guys We have got another question for you away game of the current premier league okay you can't go into the championship or anything but the away game that you'd absolutely love to be at so from the current premier league what's an away game that you would just love to go to and why
2: Uh, Liverpool away for me. Um, just the atmosphere at Anfield, it's just one of them grounds that I would love to get to at some point before hopefully they they move to another ground. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's pretty iconic, really, isn't it? You know, when they're they're, they're singing You'll Never Walk Alone, and yeah, they I think, yeah, just Anfield for me, and just one of them grounds that I'd love to visit. Yeah, that's a really good call. I couldn't argue with that one. I do have a different one, but I I, I think. You've
0: made
1: really good reasoning there. Spud, for you? Um at the moment, um I would say St James's Park. Ah, um, we're on this I won't even answer it then. I'm the same oh, as you sorry, sorry but. No. <laughs> um, but give us your I, did, I, I think the place is buzzing at the moment and there's a, a yeah, I just think um yeah, you, you see the atmosphere at the start of every game there and stuff and and it's meant to be a great city to go on the beer as well for the weekend. It's like anyone I know who's been there for an away game said, you know, it's a great just a great weekend. Um, and obviously the place is buzzing at the moment and what I'd love to go up there and see Villa beat them 3-0 in their own patch. Well,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I won't say why Newcastle, but one of the, um, one of my fellow podcasters on our uh, general love sport podcast, uh, John, he's a massive Newcastle fan and he sent me, folk, his, his family's from Newcastle, still lives there, except he lives here in Australia. And, um, all the photos they ever send and even, you know, having photos of him in the changing rooms and everything. And the fact that it's basically really a one um, one club town, I just think it'd be amazing buzz around the ground before you even get in.
1: Yeah. I have a quick question for you two lads. Yeah. Put you on the spot? Who is your current favourite Aston Villa player and why?
2: Oof. This has been one that I've thought about for, I used to have a favourite player easy, you know, from years gone by, but in yeah. recent seasons, I've found it really hard, but the one that sort of springs to mind at the moment for me is probably Buka Kamara. Um, and I know he's only had a short stint there, but I'm just really enjoying, I find myself just watching him during games sometimes and where he's moving and, and when he's on the ball. And I just think he's just a superstar in the making and we're, you know, we're going to see some great stuff from him. So yeah, I've got Bubka Kamara. Brilliant. Uh, People would not like this answer in some ways, but,
0: oh God, I'm going to sound like a real tosser here, but I'm going to say it. I don't like the way Martinez carries on. I think he's one of the great keepers we've ever had, but for some reason, I want to like him more than I do. And so I've got an anti-answer on that one. Um, (laughs) But... um. No, I, there's no one. like I've got, um, seriously, I've got a Watkins shirt, right? So, it's really funny. I don't have a favourite Villa player at the moment. I think our yeah. favourite Villa player is going to come under Emery. I just yeah. don't have one right now.
1: What about you, Spad? Uh, as you know, the last couple of years, I've had a serious southpaw for Dougie Louise. I just, uh, I've yeah. just, uh, I, I think his ceiling, his ceiling is high. You know, he's, yeah. he's improved naturally himself. Without very little coaching over the last few years, he's got better each season. So I'm I'm really really interested to see how he can develop under a proper world class coach. You know, but mm. I must say for the short time he's there, uh, Kamara is for me his football IQ, and as you say, just just Kamara to watch is unreal. But I'm going to stick with Dougie for now. But it's, uh, it's yeah. changing slightly. But yeah, uh, Douglas Louise just because um I I, do, I I think there's a lot to come from him. You know. I sound like a real asshole, but there's just not a player that I see. Do you, you,
0: you get where I'm coming from? There's no one there. I'm almost 50 years of age, right? So I'm a certain style of supporter. And there's no one there right now that I have trust is going to be there in a few years' time. Um, so <laughs> Kamara's the best that we're watching, no doubt. And and Mardin is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. But there's no one I'm going to go, right, that player. So you know what? I'm going to put someone who's never even played for us then just to really piss off any listeners and understand <laughs> that I have to be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put, because I want, I would just love us to, to buck the trend and grab this young player who ends up becoming a, a striker who stays with us for a decade. I would love, I'm so going to put a Duran Duran song on every week. I want Duran to be, that 19-year-old that just Villa gets and stays with us for a decade. That would be brilliant.
1: Love it. Yeah. Uh, ho- ho- hopefully he hits it. Like, you know, it's been a while. Probably probably since, uh, let's say, Dwight York, since Villa have unheard them. Oh, well, Christian Benteke. See, oh, yeah. Benteke. just unearthed the yeah. gem. And, like, every other club seems to do it at different points, but Villa just, like, it's, once in a decade that we seem to unearth these gems, you know? So hopefully John John Duran is the one, you know? Like, like, what are Brighton doing? Like, they're unearthing them, like, season after season after season, (laughs) you know? No pressure, Duran. Don't don't worry
0: about me. I'm almost 50 years of age. You are 19. Um, So, mate, enjoy. You only just turned 19 as well, guys, on the 13th of December. I tell wow. you what
1: though, Paul, he looks ready made for the Premier League. As in, like he looks built for the Premier League, doesn't yes. he? Pace yeah. and power. You know, he's yeah. he's got a head start over some of the other people that are trying to settle into the Premier League. He looks like he can he can take a kicking, you know.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And like like you said earlier, Paul, I, he's going to get some minutes this season. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing him off the bench and what he can do. And and you know that's. A position he can come on, hopefully not feel the pressure and just settle into the um, into the Premier League. And he just looks physically ready, though.
0: Oh, I'm excited. I mean, look, he was playing top level football in Colombia. Don't underestimate the league there. At 16 years of age, so 15,
1: 15, he got his 15. debut. Man. Yeah. yeah, no, you're yeah. right. You're right. I yeah. thought he was. How quickly years. is that rise? He's still only 19, like, and he's so he's played a lot of football in that short space of time, and he seems to step up the level each time he's had to go up, which bodes well for us, you know. Yeah, yeah, so that's where I'm coming from. Like,
0: this is where people are going. I don't think people do any research. Sorry, I don't think some fans do very much research, which is really disgraceful considering you can just type it in your phone. But playing at, you know, 15, 16 years of age in Colombia, in in the top level, that's absolutely outstanding. Do not underestimate what this guy's potential is.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: No I mean, pressure. No pressure, Durant. <laughs>
1: And, like, uh, people say, like, oh, yeah, but look, the weather is going to be a shock to them. It's bloody freezing in Chicago in the winter. He'd be well used to it. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 here's, here's an uncommon fact. Why is Chicago called the Windy City?
1: I'm not sure. Because it's the windiest city in the world?
0: That's what everyone says. It's actually to do with politicians. They used to say the politicians who used to be around Chicago were full of wind, and, and that's where
1: the uh, term uh, Windy City came from. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think uh, Kamara's potential is scary, isn't it? Like he's just yeah. he's, like I like I say, like talk about Dougie Louise and his ceiling there. But I think together they're they're a serious combination. But mm. like I know I know we wax lyrical about uh, Kamara every week, but he, every week his performance is different. He shows another side to his game. Like yeah. he he looks like he looks like he's going to be the absolute complete footballer. Like you know.
2: He's mature beyond his years as well, isn't he? He's like twenty-four, but he plays like a, a seasoned twenty-eight to thirty year old, isn't he? In the middle of the park. I
1: never think he was only twenty-three, like like no, that. and you know, he's come from
2: France and and has settled into the Premier League, hadn't he? Had a decent injury as well. so He hasn't played a lot of football for Villa, but he's but he he's playing really well in the middle. But the no one's really picking up on it in the main media at the moment, which is good for us. Very good, yeah. He he is phenomenal. Like, you know, we obviously watch every game and get to see him, you know, every minute he plays. And, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. And like you say, he's like Dougie Lewis. They've just got a really high ceiling. And, you know, we're just... Really lucky to have those two guys in the middle of the, in the middle of the park at the
1: moment. Some of the things, some of the things he's done in games, right? If that had been Casemiro, it would have been just played over and over and yeah, over and yeah. over again on Sky Sports News. There was yeah. one like it was a simple thing, but it just so effective. There was one one game I think it was, it was against Leeds, and he looked like he was going to pass the ball back to Young. And mm. he stuck the defender in, just dropped the shoulder and just turned around. Yeah. And it was so simple. But he just so the man on her. If Casemiro had done that, they could, Sky Sports News would be just waxing lyrical, like for on repeat, you know. And What's the same. Same for Dougie Louise as well. he's, he's the game against oh, Southampton. He was unreal against it, Southampton. Some of the it, stuff he was doing, some of the passes. There's, there's a
2: highlight reel going around and you watch it. And some of the touches and the vision of his passing, he gets one ball, hits the first time out of left back, Mourinho there, and he's just he's he's coming into his own. But he's another one, like you say, if that was Casemiro, they'd be bloody talking about him day in day out. But Dougie Louise is putting together a good season too, and yeah, yeah they're those, very
1: good together, aren't they? They complement each other so well, like.
2: They are. They are very good together. And I think they're going to be the the spine of the team, aren't they, going forward?
1: We're just so lucky we kept
0: Luis because, you know, he was almost out the door. And if he had gone to another Premier League club, he would have made us pay. And I reckon he would have made us pay big time uh, twice a year. So, it tells please. me a lot
1: that Arteta pushed so, so much from Paul, as you were saying, because Arteta yes. would have had him at, at City. So Arteta would know how good he can be, you know? Yeah. Well,
0: well, guys, it's been a uh, just over an hour podcast. We're going to do a similar one with a preview of our game against Leicester in the next few days. So we'll put up a uh, we'll put up another podcast um, asking for questions from you. Um, we're going to come out with a few of our own questions again, like we did tonight. That was a lot of fun, guys, and I hope people waiting for our signings. We didn't. I, I think you'll notice we deliberately didn't have sections on our signings and the reason for it there's so much speculation out there there was nothing that we could add that anyone else is putting out there Mm -hmm. and 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 you guys will say the same thing here we have no idea what the club's doing and i actually quite whilst i'm frustrated i'm not seeing the signings i'm very confident the club is doing the right thing by the club
1: Oh, yeah. Like we've shown in the past that we do business properly I see people on Twitter commenting going Oh, that's it, no, we're after missing out On all our top targets Just because a couple of newspapers and a couple of In the nose on Twitter said these are our targets That doesn't mean we're in for them <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah, and, uh, no, yeah. I, 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 I try and brush off the speculation Look, we all love a bit of uh, speculation Everyone likes to read it But it's just <laughs> the same stuff being regurgitated all over You know, so well, hasn't, I, the I, dim,
0: hasn't the Dembele stuff fallen off? Yeah, it's gone very quiet, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it has. And yeah, I think, like you say, these four days, it's going to be manic on uh, on socials the next few days. So, I, I do break, think, the goes, I do
0: think when is going to happen, though. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah that, that is the one I, I think we can finish off the pod
1: saying we're pretty confident that one is going to go ahead. Yeah, and and hey, bring it on. I'd be more than happy. He's good age, he's he's like getting well. Um getting a lot of rave reviews in the French squad. You know, he's a very well-respected uh, member let's of the get, squad. Let's
0: get players in that our gaffer wants that are going to improve the team. Let's not go and just buy people because they're available in a position that we need, right? That's, that's not going to make you better. Whilst they're available, it doesn't mean they're the right availability for us. I
1: give Emery one thing, like, you know, and, and you know, anytime Gerard got under any pressure, the first thing he reverted to was transfer windows coming up. Like as in, oh, we'll get him a bit of help in the January window or the summer window. whatever. Emery very rarely talks about transfers unless it's been pushed on him. He he mm-hmm. doesn't make excuses. Like I think he completely trusts his own ability to get players to coach players to be better players. You know, yeah. when he's pushed on it, he's he's honest and say, oh look, this guy's going. I've told this guy I can go. I'm not bringing anyone in unless they can improve the team. Like he doesn't he doesn't start shooting and talking about weak squads or anything. Like he's very he's very clever. Like because. You you just summed it up. Sorry, Ron, are you come
0: in. Um, I was just about to say, he's not just a manager;
2: he's actually a coach. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's um, he's shown a ruthless side as well. He's actually, you know, if his opportunities there to clear out some of the players that are not in his plans, he's doing it and and forging ahead with what he wants. And and that's the way it's got to be, isn't it? We've got to get behind him now. And yeah, looking forward to a really good second half of the season. Can't oh. wait before we finish he owes those
0: players without being rude he he owes them a discussion which he seems to be doing and he owes them nothing else they're professional footballers he didn't sign them he has a vision for the
1: squad he owes them nothing he's yeah. done it in a very respectful way though he's yes. not he's not challenging them in public like other certain managers you know he's just yeah. he just says in the press conference look i've i think he's a good player I've told him he's not going to get much minutes. Basically, if you can go if he wants, he can stay if he wants. Certain players then, like Nakamba, he's obviously said he can go. Augustinson, he's not ripping anybody. He's just just telling how it is. They're not yeah. going to play, so we're going to move him on. There's nothing well, wrong with that. And I'm sure the players will respect that too. There's no point. He's, he's managed in England. He's managed in Spain. He's managed in Russia. He He's
0: dealt with yes. people. He's learnt to deal with people. And I, I don't think we could be prouder of the way he's handled um, the outgoings and the possible incomings. So I think it's been a magnificent lesson for people.
2: Yeah. Touch a class with everything with Unai Emery, isn't he? Yep. All his socials and all his interviews so far, I've been really impressed and just, yeah, couldn't be happier with him, you know, being in charge at Villa and leading us forward. I just think he is the perfect manager for us right now. Yeah.
0: And hopefully for the next decade with Duran banging in the
1: goals.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love
1: to see it. Uh, I just want to say as well before we go as well. Um we talked about it last week, but we didn't really like really get, get onto it too much. I just want to give Ollie Watkins a mention. His 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 performance last week was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And if you if you can put a, a strike partner that's going to score goals up next to him, Ollie Watkins is going to be some partner for him. Just Oh just, yeah, we yeah. I think I think what we did do last week is we sort talked,
0: talked about the enormous work rate is back. The hunger, yeah. the love of the of the fellow players is back. He had lost that. Um, and, and we're not... Look, we all know the shortcomings of our previous gaffer. And in fact, it was a really toxic situation. And he just didn't look happy. And he was very close throughout the door as
1: well. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, you're right, Paul. He, he just, he don't, the only phrase you can say is he kind of looks like he's enjoying his football again, like... Yeah,
2: yeah, he looks fit again, doesn't he? And he looks like he's yeah, like you say, fit, hungry, and, and ready to go. And I think that the trust Emery's put in him as well as obviously giving him a confidence boost. He's he's pinned it, you know. He's sold in, so he said, "You're my man." Andy Watkins has obviously taken that on board, and I agree. But I reckon against Southampton, he was brilliant. Yep. Well, well,
0: think about dark times in your life, and you go to work, and you, and if you if you're not quite right, you know, you've got personal stuff going on, you're unhappy at work, you don't perform as well as you could, and and that was what, you know, that's a similar kind of thing that was happening with Watkins.
1: Yeah, yeah 100%, yeah, like, you're dead right, Paul, like, there's so many factors that can affect the footballer too, like, uh, fans just don't think of that, they just think, right, he's on 120 grand a week, that's it, he should perform every week, week in, week out, and it's true to a certain point, but at the end of the day, like, they can have off times, or they can have Stuff gone under
0: life do you know? Yeah. Well, and, and guys, we talk about that money thing. I'm going to start dropping that from my vernacular, right? Because um, you know, it's like a successful business person who's a billionaire, right? They they continue to work, not even for the money. It's for the challenge of what they can do. You know, when like I know people who've been in real estate and they've sold and made more money than we'd make in ten lifetimes. They actually love the attracting the seller. Um, and it, it getting the buyers in and, and getting that deal done, and so the money doesn't become a thing once you get a certain amount of money. You know what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. in the end, it is titles. It is fun. I mean, why play football for 15 years if you're not going to enjoy the time with your mates and, and, and teammates? Yeah, no,
1: I, I, I'd like to see him go on a little run now. Get a couple of goals. Oh and please, yeah. you know,
0: three or four games in a row. You know, he scores a goal, even if he doesn't get one in one game, and you know he ends up with four or five goals. It just would be so good for him.
1: His time That's... at Villa has been runs like that, though, hasn't it? Like he yeah, has, yeah. he has, he has got little flots and starts of four or five goals at a time, and then there's nothing for a little while. And
2: yeah, and I'm yeah, in right. with um Leon Bailey as well. I know his confidence is down at the moment, but I reckon if he can, you know, get himself a goal or two in the next couple of weeks, then uh, you know him and Watkins are they're looking good together. You know, I think. The confidence has been low. There's not many goals between them at the minute, but I think I am still maintain it's going to click one day and we're going to give someone a belt in. I, I, I can see it coming before the end of the season. Well,
0: yeah, and, and, and Emery's going to coach these guys to do things that they haven't done, make them a bit more unpredictable. Um, you know, Bailey running at people again is still going to scare them. If he runs at pace, which he stopped doing, he was just running at them. If he runs at pace there's not going to be many people who can stop him. You know, I'd like to see him actually tap the ball past uh, an, an opponent instead of sometimes trying to do all the step-overs. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to
1: see a little bit of that. You're right, Paul, because like, if you're an opposition manager and you're setting up your back four and you're looking at the pace of Watkins and Bailey, that's going to gonna worry any manager, you know? Yeah. And you've got the support behind them now where if they do do that, they lose the
0: ball. I, I noticed that against Southampton when we lost the ball we were getting the ball back pretty quickly. And, and so if you've got, um, you know, if we don't have any other striker at the moment, but we've got Watkins and Bailey running, and then Louise and uh, Buendia sitting just behind, yeah. um, then we've got that little bit of support that we didn't have last year.
1: We look like a decent team off the ball as well now, like. Yeah. yeah. That's coaching. <laughs> That's it. That's the magic word, isn't it? Coaching. Yeah, because yeah, we always talk about manager.
0: And sometimes management thinks you think of, and people really do, they think of, um, you know, getting people in, uh, picking the squad. But it's underrated. I mean, look at uh, Alec Ferguson, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, look at Wenger, look at all those classic managers. They were coaches. And all the players talk about how they were coached um, during the week. And that's what those guys do.
2: Yeah. We've seen the difference, haven't we, with Emery coming in? And we're a lot more possession-based now and a lot more um, inventive in possession as well. Like, you know, under under Gerard, and I don't want to harp back to it too much, but, you know, we, were, we wouldn't have any possession. and When we did have it, it was happening. But we're a completely different team. And sometimes I can't quite believe how much it's changed, to be honest with you, from Fulham away to where we are now. It's like two different teams. But it's the same players, essentially.
0: But when we signed Emory, and I know we're continuing to talk, but when we signed Emory, you only had to look through his record to know there was something extremely special then. Even when we've spoken about his time at Arsenal, it was still, on, I mean, we get that result for a season. We're playing Europe, and we would be absolutely stoked. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it, it wasn't an amazing first 11 he had at Arsenal Leader. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like. You know, he like he done a good job of what he had, like I, I think, like so. Yeah, it's, it's it's exciting, and it's like, you know, I don't think I'd want anyone else in charge right now, and that's genuine. No. That's not that's not saying anything because, like, you know, you know how I love my, my my tactics and 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 Emery, the kind of tactics he set up. It's like football porn for me at the moment. I love watching what he's doing, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> incredible, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's any I, I, right now, I don't think there's any other manager I'd want in charge, you know. Well, guys, you can get us um,
0: on our Facebook group, as we've said, put an invite in Aussie Villains Podcast and Villa Chat. Uh, We'll have a lot of stuff there. We'll have the same things on uh, Aussie Villains on Twitter. Um, And, you know, keep the questions coming in because I think you'll notice we're putting them up. We enjoy answering them. Um, Your name will get in the podcast as well. Spud, how can we get you on Twitter? At spud 46 f 5 At Spud four six eight five rhino
2: at rhino underscore watkins and how do we spell the rhino r y n
0: o and you can get me at paul underscore football if you can't spell football um that's up to you because you could spell it in different languages uh we have
2: really enjoyed the oh i've really enjoyed this spot i hope you boys have as well yeah love
1: it yeah
2: yeah and and the interaction on the facebook page and the twitter page just fire off questions whenever you want, you know, and it's all, you know, we're always there to answer and chat and we all love the Villa and, you know, it's what we love talking about. So yeah, the more, the more questions, the merrier.
0: And hey, look, even if they're very obtuse, um, you'll notice that the uh, three or four hosts on this podcast will be quite obtuse themselves. (laughs) Um, I don't think any of us. I actually, Rhino, you and Tess would probably be called cute. I was going to say a cute, Uh, no (laughs) offense, bud, but you and I have got heads like battered rams, mate. Um, (laughs) Thanks bud. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, oh, 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 oh. God, listen to me. Well, you're a beautiful man in your own right, um, uh, Spud. <laughs> you don't have a complex, would you? Jesus. Well, you're, you've got a baby coming, so someone wants you. Um, he's got the body of Tyrone Mings, Spud. <laughs> a junior, a junior, a junior Minzy. Um No, I love, I love you, Spud. I love your band. So your your, your head is um, someone's masterpiece, mate. Mine is. He's seriously seen better days. So I'll, uh, I'll put myself down there. <laughs> what was that noise? What was going on there? Um, that was just a sigh from me. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was something else. I was going to say, yeah, I am full of wind. You didn't have to do it as a point of view there. Um, guys, we will do another podcast next week where we will um, talk about your questions, post some of our own, and we'll do a preview of the Leicester game. It's a really, really important game. Leicester slightly started starting to find a bit of form and we just need to put them away. Guys, will we make Europe this season?
2: Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go no at this point. Spud? I'm gonna say yes.
1: Oh and,
0: and did you hear the little the it's little excitement?
1: Familiar, like you hear the excitement there, Spud? My 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 faith in you and I is uh yeah a lot I have a lot oh, of faith
0: in this man. I I can't ask the question and preface it with this, but it, it it's it that answer is going to come down to the next few days. I think if we get a couple more signing, I have to say yes or no, don't I? Damn it! Yeah. Um, no, not this season. Damn, I hated saying that. Your your enthusiasm, Spud, was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies about your head. You are a beautiful young man. <laughs> um, we will join you next week on Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. And uh, thanks for listening to us. Up the Up. Villa. Up the Villa. Guys, I'll edit, uh, I'll edit that in the. Uh, I'll edit that in the morning. I always say that. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. You can get us through Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts. Get us on Twitter at Villains, Aussie with a capital A, Villains with a capital V, and we will dream on for a great second half of this season by Villa. Up the Villa!